Off the ball. Does Lampard understand what his role is here? Oh, well, I've only been here a couple of days, you know. I can't sort out all the problems in that time. And you still think you're not here to sort out the problems. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball. In partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 14 of the Football Pod. (laughs) True on goal. 20 seconds to go. One on one with the keeper. James O'Donoghue. What are you doing if you're in Rhino Tools? Oh. <laughs> James O'Donoghue, the I, man who's called for a I ban on fisted points. I I do call for a ban on fisted points, and I'm still sticking by that. Answer the question. How much? How much? How much entertainment did that 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 play give us? Answer video? the question. What would you have done in that position? Well, seeing as I'm 28 years of age now, I'm not uh, a youngster like like Gautu. experienced, mature player. Exactly, and I have got a lot of fuckings out of it and a lot of angry people looking at me for making the wrong decision I at this stage of my life would have fisted it over the bar <laughs> and I am actually embarrassed to say that I am embarrassed to say that but I would have your, your credibility is just gone now everything you said <laughs> in the last 18 months I can't gone. believe I that myself. Now, we've got a campaign is, going I, definitely the last the last thing I would have done is is go for it myself down down low bottom corner but if you look at the if you look at the footage, just as he's running in, as he collects the hand pass, he's running in on, on Morgan. Morgan doesn't set himself for a goal chance at all. Morgan nearly runs around the back of the goal to get the tee and the ball to take the kick out because he thinks <laughs> right. he's gonna fist it over the back. We'll have to show the image. Morgan should have said that. Share the image. He he he's not expected. And then he sees O'Toole kind of line up and he goes, This fella's gonna shoot it. And he he's too late to react. And he, he takes he it very early. It, uh, Lads. So he is, he takes a third option. I, I'd have fisted it over. Second option would have been fisted back post for a palm in. Oh, that was the those back rules, post. I think should Kirk be, should be but on. they're the first two. And the third option would be to do what he did, but he picked the right one in fairness. Paddy, does he, sure? does he get a I slap on the wrist? Does he I get a slap sure? on the wrist in the Dublin, in the Dublin dressing room? No, because no, it went in. But I tell you what, I was screaming at the telly to square at the Gallagher at the back post. Uh, that was all day it was a pan goal um, I'd have fisted it over because I was a boring bastard when I played but um, like he's lucky it goes in yeah he, I he, think he, like he lashes it with his laces it's that's not hard. like he's not like no it's right not leg as well it's he takes like the he angle completely away the ball, from like Derek Hanovan's goal he gives the keeper the eyes he just he swipes at this and I think Morgan should save it it's straight at Morgan and it goes through his legs. He will be raging that that ball goes in. Should have said. The mentality to go for it. What a finish to... I think that was one of the best games I've seen. Go on, Paddy. How good? Years. How good? Honestly, in five years, the Provincial Championships get an years. awful lot of stick. But and ah, I, I had the misfortune of watching the Fermanagh Derry game on Saturday night. So it was losing the will to live and that game... It was a brilliant game and the last 20 minutes when they got rid of the sweepers and it was just score for score, it was looking like extra time. He gets through. I genuinely was screaming, you've got to square that to Gallagher and it's a palm goal and it's game over as well. I agree with Jim. It's probably the last thing he should do, but he nails it. Like, and I mean, what a, what a moment Unbelievable for, for him. 
Young Flo. Was that his championship debut? Ryan championship Upfield. debut. Yeah, he's 23, oh, I think. Championship debut. And Bang's run in. Just the yeah, right? about it. Best part about it was the celebration. He had a few quid on himself. There's something on there. I love that. I just look, God, is he doing the money team? <laughs> on, on his debut, he was only one step away from taking the shirt off and putting it over his head. Magic. Oh, he actually, Ashina O'Reilly, Ashina O'Reilly spoke to him for off the ball after the game. And I, I was waiting to hear what he had to say. And she was like, what was going through your head? Nothing, I think. I think, go on. Well, what, what he said was, he goes, ah, I just made my mind up. I'm putting the two hands in this and I'm going to drive it. And whatever happens, <laughs> happens. He said it was a one-on-one. By God, it was not a one-on-one. Monroe had one side of the goals covered. Me too. <laughs> Morgan had the other covered. Like, it was just magic. It was magic. a magic. magical moment, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a brilliant moment. And that's why I, the, the hand pass over the bar rule, it does dampen down so much excitement. And if it's the like, point. Because if you think about it, right, if Morgan made a great save there, how much we'd be celebrating Morgan or how much we'd be seeing mm. his skills. Or we saw that finish and how skillful that finish was. Like, you were being robbed of unbelievable play by t- taking a, a fist of point. And sometimes, you know, when you look at the 80s and you see the lads, they're throwing goal and they hand pass it into fist the top goal. Power. It's a joke. Yeah. And you're going, how is that still happening? <laughs> we'll be looking back at the hand pass, the hand pass point saying the same thing. If you look, can remember I remember a few minutes before that, Darren McCurry puts across a beauty, a David Beckham-esque yeah. cross, yeah. the Conkle Patrick. No, Kennedy. No, it was Kilpatrick. It was Kilpatrick. Oh, I thought it was Kennedy. Well, Sorry. Listen, I accept your apology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Colin Kilpatrick fists it over, which is the right thing to do. Again, I was like, well played, Con. And me, well, a he, boring he bastard. Did, he, looked, he looked for it. But it would have been beautifully had to go for goal. I agree with you, Jim. I agree was, with you. Was Matty Donnelly true as well? He took. He fisted it over. He was. Do you remember yeah, Donnelly kicked it? Yeah, different but maybe. That was more on. That was more on than O'Toole's one. The well, goal. He, was, he would have it had was. To, yeah, the goal was more on. Jimmy, Tyrone, they'd had a bad run in that yeah. third quarter and they were kicking wide. Manny Donnelly kicks a bad wide, McCurry does. They were all over the shop. And again, I was like, Manny Donnelly, that's a very wise decision. Fisted over, scoreboard ticking over. I know, um, I know but it goes. Like, it's rich of me to give out about this because I, I think I scored more fist of points than kick points in my entire career. But uh, ah, you scored some beauties off the right. I but, think you only uh, have one goal, though, in championship football, right? Oh, it was a, it was a spectacular so playmaker. I, I could understand why you would fist that chance over the bar. I have to admit, I am horrified to think that the likes of James O'Donoghue was so broken by Gaelic football that one-on-one slash two-on-two in the last minute that you would have fisted that ball over the bar. Do you know what it was as well? Like, the fact that they were a point down. Like, it's easier to go for goal if it's level. I'm going to go, right, we yeah. still, we have a second chance here anyway. But I can't believe you, James. But if, I know, no, I'm, the thing is, from where he was... You hung over, Jimmy, or something. Out, you he was out today. wide. He was out wide. I would have... He spent the weekend no, in a and But the thing is, if he did fist it over, they'd have been beaten because Tyrone came down the field and had had two plays to get it to get a score so they would have got they would have worked a point they would have been beaten by a point like the game was so open at that stage that he had he almost looking back he had to get a goal out of it now if he wanted a goal the the, the, the better play probably was to fist it across the square but, but unbelievable last, moment unbelievable moment and then that hand passing over credit there. what a finish but what a brilliant second half Tyrone had some spectacular play in the first half and we're looking very 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 good um, but as what a game like, it was it was brilliant to see um, 
I was worried that the provincial championships would throw up a lot of shite, to be honest. And even last week we spoke about this. I didn't expect this game to be a classic, mm. the way the two teams would set up. Um, but it's the same. If you remember, we remember chatting about the Derry-Dublin game in the league up in Celtic Park, where Derry were very, very, very passive in the first half, sitting off, and then they just throw caution to the wind. Very similar to what, what Monaghan did yesterday, particularly after Darren Hughes went off and they don't have the sweeper anymore. And they just go at it. And it just makes for, when football is played like that, that final quarter of that game, it is amazing to watch. Yeah. On the edge of the seat. But so many of the games are not like that. <laughs> they are not like that. Um, and like we'll see this weekend, cagey, cagey affairs. But there's a reason that game stood out yesterday because I think the technical quality was very good from both teams. Even in the first half, even though Manning were kind of hanging on. But um, the quality to play and then the excitement down the final stretch was what a could game. It- could it also be because, and you're saying the provincials, right? Could it be because that it actually doesn't matter that much anymore because this has cured their place in the round robin? Tyrone and Monaghan, regardless of who won there, were going to be third seeds either way, unless you get to the Ulster final. So, Tommy, and Goey Common are still third seeds if they lose at the weekend. I, I don't think that's it because okay. Monaghan, was, Monaghan set up unbelievably cagey as well in the first yeah, half. Yeah, early doors, yeah. You know, and how the game developed. Genuinely, Darren Hughes' injury, he was their sweeper. They put Conor McCarthy back, who's naturally an attacker. Just the instances in the game nearly forced Manon's hand to come out a bit and the fact that they were behind. Like, Tyrone were playing some beautiful stuff in the first half. Second half, there's big issues with they just lose complete control of that game. But I I don't think Monaghan were throwing Carson to the win because it was like, oh, well, we're grand. It's the Ulster Championship. We know the second chance. I think it was literally just the dynamics of the game, the couple of injuries and how it was panning out that they just yeah. had to go for it. And that freed it up. But like, in terms of what we've seen, the first two weeks of championship, we've had New York winning on penalties. Unbelievable for the Connacht Championship. The Rossi's upsetting Mayo and Castlebar. And then we have the Bonham Throne game. Incredible. So the provincial championships, they get a lot of stick, probably behind the National Leagues and definitely behind the All-Ireland Series. But the first two weeks of play have been pretty good. You're getting back for your books, to be fair to them. Yeah. I think it, it has shown, again... The difference between the league and the championship, like the difference in intensity. And Monaghan were saying, Monaghan were saying that they had no intensity in the first half, and they were still playing at more intensity than they did during the league. Mm. <laughs> but I agree with your point to an extent, Tom, in terms of what the game actually meant. Like, if you think about it from a Tyrone point of view, they lost. Okay, they're going to go in as third seeds into the group. They can lose against the first seeds they can lose again against the second seeds and they can beat the fourth seeds and still be in they can be after three losses and only after beating a fourth pot team and they'll be they'll be into playoff against a second place team to get into the quarterfinal so yeah. you can lose three games this year and still be in the other in a quarterfinal so I don't think the teams actually go out with that in mind once it's a championship match like what Vinnie Curry said once it's a championship match it's massive. It's everything. But there's a flaw in the system there. Surely if you can lose three and still get into the quarters. Yeah, 100%. And like, look at, there will be... You're, that, you're not a fan, Jimmy, this. Definitely not that that last <laughs> round where you come third and you go, uh, go on, so go back in. <laughs> go on, you're good, lads. Yeah. Only on four teams. <laughs> only four teams are gone by the middle of June, Luck. That's it. We're only losing four teams. The one thing is, if Monaghan <laughs> actually, and I know it's a... It's an if, but like if Monaghan turn over Derry, club, isn't it? Like, uh, you've had a few drinks, but go on. <laughs> don't make if, me regret. If Monaghan turn over Derry, regret it, Tyrone. You've lost three games. 
go on. Go on. get a coffee. You want to get a coffee there, and you're good. <laughs> Sorry, T, I interrupted a point. No, you're okay. I was just going to say, if Monaghan do beat Derry, Derry are more than likely going to be fourth seed. So there is an element of jeopardy that we won't know exactly how it's going to pan out until the 2nd of May when the draws are made. But we will know very, very quickly. And I will actually put it to you, Paddy, Tyrone will be happy enough this morning given what they actually showed, that they have enough in them. 13 of the 15 players who started the 2021 All-Ireland Final started against Monaghan. And they played exceptionally well at times in that first half. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not going to be happy that they lost the game. But in terms of they'll have a review, I'm sure, this evening from the game. There were moments yesterday, I thought the first half performance was very, very, very good. Obviously, Derek Hanavan, the standout player, his link up with McCurry. I liked their shape up front, that they kept the guys in deep. Like Maddie Donnelly gets a score after about 10 minutes, I think. It was a beautiful, very direct score. Long kick out to Kilpatrick, who I thought was very good again yesterday. Getting back to his form of the, of the All-Ireland winning season. Pops it to Donnelly. Donnelly clips the score. I think he scored three points from players. Surprised they took him off down the stretch. Um, but Tyrone were getting scores, which were really, really slick, which they were not doing in the National League. Looked a bit better defensively until second half, obviously. And they just lose control of the game. I think the big issue for Tyrone, they'll have... Third quarter was a bit of a disaster for them. Um, and for the experienced team, I was surprised. Now, the, the chat, obviously, after the game, Sunday game and on BBC as well, there was actually a bit of a breeze there and conditions looked were a bit tougher. Obviously, the goal man and were shooting in the second half. That was the seemed to be the scoring goal. Um, but for Tyrone to be five points up at halftime, totally dominating. And their third quarters were so sloppy. A couple of bad misses. Morgan, they start, Morgan started losing some kickouts. He was exceptional in the first half. And and the Tyrone just lose their shape. They just McCurry, McCurry and Canavan were causing all sorts of trouble. They get frustrated because they're not getting the ball. They start coming out the pitch and it just plays into Monaghan's hands. And Tyrone, for about 20 minutes in that half, had no structure in their play up front. All they needed there was just slow the game down. Okay. Be big, boring bastards. Control the game for a minute. Get some to go down injured. Work a shot. It doesn't even need to be a score. Work a shot, get the ball dead and get your whole team up the pitch so you can get set on the opposition kick out and play the game in Monaghan's half for a few minutes. Control, we talked about Ross Common the previous yeah. week, controlling the tempo of the game and throwing on a really experienced team. They should not have let that slide. It's okay for a minute or two. There was always going to be a reaction from Monaghan at the start of the second half, but Tyrone just let that go on for too long. And, and then the goal obviously makes a big difference as well. But for Tyrone, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy they lost yeah. it. But O'Hanlon gets inside Myler too easy, which is, again, that's sloppy from Tyrone. But there were glimpses, most certainly, of Tyrone getting back to their best. And we've seen that towards the end of the National League. But they will be disappointed not to close that game out. And just the, the maturity of that team, they shouldn't have allowed that game to drift away from them like it did. Can I ask you a question on that? Because you yeah. mentioned Roscommon there and one of the words and the phrases we've been hearing is set the terms of engagement and Monaghan did it in that second half. Do you know when the games that you would have played against Mayo entered into that kind of chaotic state that Mayo were looking to yeah. get? How did you reset or bring the terms of engagement back in your side? Is that where we started seeing the, the fist yeah, in the air? A lot, every team in the country does this now. Yeah. <laughs> Putting her hand up, but but what? Like it's what is like? How did you? How do you reset the terms of engagement when the momentum is going against you? We, we would have been big on it, like not leaving it to chance that 
you don't want to come in after the game and go, we lost complete momentum there. We would have been actively communicating. If we turned the ball over, that's like one turn. We would have been big against turning the ball over three times in a row. That just cannot happen. So it was always, if we one turnover or two turnovers, we get messaging from the sideline going, we need to get control back of this game. Because momentum can change in the blink of an eye. And in a championship game, if a team gets a run on you, particularly in the latter stages, and we had this issue with Mayo, obviously, because Mayo wouldn't let you control the game. And that was always the constant challenge against them to try and, and regain control. But it is a case of slowing the game down. All the kind of stuff you don't like seeing as a supporter, but lads, go down, kill the clock for a minute. Big thing was working a shot. And he, uh, working a good shot. And thrown again that third quarter. Maddie Donnelly misses one. Uh, Darren McCurry misses one. We see it with Mayo again. And trust common in the first half of their game the week before uh, Connor Loftus and Maddie Ruan forcing bad shots. That is just the word that just adds to bad momentum. The big thing for, for Tyrone, and they're an experienced team, they should do it. And what we would have done with Dublin, keep the ball for two minutes. Keep it's it's horrible to watch, but it's horrible to play against as well. And it just brings the tempo back to what you want to do. And you work a shot, and even if it doesn't go over, you can get your eight guys up into their half, put a big press on their kickouts. And it just brings balance back to the game. Tyrone, for 20 minutes, lost that completely. They were mm-hmm. carrying the ball into contact. Derek Hanovan's probably a bit harshly. He probably could get a free. But things like that, guys running down blind alleys, getting turned over, crowd go mad, team go mad. You've seen the, the photo of the Common guys with Aidan O'Shea the week before. That adds to the momentum. You start kicking wides. The crowds start getting involved. And then a big, big no-no. is You can see the goal in that period and then all bets are off. And that's what happened to Ron with O'Hanlon's goal. Nearly Myler's probably better off just pulling him down. Once he gets by and he's clean through, it's like, you just do not want to give away a goal in that situation, but that's nearly the nail in the coffin. The positive for Tyrone is they do get it back towards the end and, and they actually go in front, obviously. They get an impact off Sludden off the bench. So that's a positive for Tyrone, but... I think in their review, they're going to be looking big time at that third quarter, losing their shape. Yeah, Players need to keep discipline and that's Derek Hannum with the young flip. But you're looking at McCurry beside him or Maddie Donnelly or Peter Hart, they're going, lads, get fucking back up the pitch. Because once they start coming out and it's just bringing waves and waves of, of Monaghan players onto them, Carl O'Connell, Conor McCarthy coming from deep and Tyrone just lost complete control of that. And that's the big learning point for them. James, before I ask you about Derek Hanover, what, what was your read of that? Like, how, how did Monaghan swing that in the second half? Well, in, t- in terms of the... What what term did you use there again? The Terms of engagement. Yeah. Like, sometimes, once the ball goes dead, you, you can completely reorganise again. But I felt that sometimes Tyrone in the second half They'd score a point or they'd, they'd kick away. That was fine. But they never pushed their six forwards back into their position. They kind of held back a little bit. So Begum was getting these easy kickoffs. He was getting them about 40 yards, little jabbers out the wing, and they were collecting them. And next thing, Carlo Connolly, these fellas were just getting them on the run of pace. Mm. So they were constantly under pressure, under pressure, under pressure. Like one thing that we used to, to say with Kerry was, once it goes dead, that's a reset. That's mm-hmm. your chance to get back into your position. You're now up with the play again because sometimes you might be a corner forward you might be after tracking a, a, a Philly McMahon back into your full back line it might be inside your own square and you're only drawing pressure on yourself so you have to get back into your possession and then face up and man up and get, get the ball back so we actually never did the, the fist up in the air thing we used to try and read when you do it but we never actually did it I think the danger with that is that you, 
the wrong fella can get it maybe and you can be you can <laughs> you be don't want someone on own. Own. we were confident enough we and you're turned all over. of our lads could manage with it like <laughs> yeah i know but if you're say against a male and against a male was probably the main one when the crowd got in your face when it was complete chaos like that they could turn you over anywhere on the field and they'd yeah. go for goal so that you're kind of playing with fire a bit there but yeah. um no i think the kick out and the reset's huge can i ask you why did this on yeah. that, Tommy, just yeah, yeah. The, the massive change in in whatever about the wind and momentum and all that stuff, Beggins kickouts. Okay. Tyrone, I don't think he even had 50% in the first half. Tyrone, they set up a box on Beggins kickouts from the half back line all the way up to the full forward line, and they leave Kennedy and Kilpatrick in the middle of the box. And Monaghan, all their players come into the center of the pitch, and Tyrone know they're just going to try and break out to the wings, and Tyrone lads are just there waiting for them. It was bad movement from Monaghan it was poor enough from Began as well they were very very slow to react to this and they, for the whole first half they didn't like that's where, where Canavan's goal comes from so Tyrone set up on Began's kickouts there was pressure on it but it was really smart they had their homework done and they were absolutely wind yeah and help them there. the wind as well but just their, their, their mentality as well they were like we're going after this they had they had their box set up it was so clear as day from, from the, the high behind um on the footage, and Monaghan didn't react to it at all. But that put Tyrone five points up. Like, of all the teams, we used to always, always, always say, when we're playing Tyrone, they're the one team, they live off turnovers. Mm. If you kick the ball away against Tyrone, if you're not in shape, they it's a huge origin. The majority of their scores is off turnovers. And they were absolutely eviscerating Monaghan in that, that regard. And Began was really struggling. And I'm just okay. There's a bit of a breeze, but you don't just disregard that completely for the second half, which is what they did, Jimmy. Like you're saying, yeah, they gave Began free reign, and Began has a massive impact on the yeah. second half. There, do you remember the one he the, caught them with, though? With the, the very long one, I think it was to Gallagher over the top, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Morgan was doing the first half as well. They're they got a score off that, didn't they? I think they got a free, maybe. Uh, yeah, McCarthy won free, got that long one off. I think they went, Whoa. Because Began caught us. We played a Super 8s game above. Yeah, he's dangerous over the top, yeah. He, I, he kicked it nearly into the other square. <laughs> I swear to God. He has a reckless boot. I well, think well, they were... Uh, I just thought, Jimmy, it was such a... They were getting so much joy. Honestly, yeah. I think they're over 50% sleeves in the first half. It, did they and think them, they had damage done and they kind yeah, of took the foot off the gas? Because both sides after the game, lads, I don't know if you heard the post-match interviews, but from both sides, it was the same message from all the Monaghan lads. We were told at halftime we're off it and intensity wise. All the stats have said it. Right. So Monaghan upped it and Tyrone five points off. Did they just step back? Was it that simple that they stepped off a couple of percentages and Monaghan upped it? Like? I think I think I think Tyrone were a bit naive in the second half. Like they were wide open. The whole game was wide open. But last week we talked about how Monaghan could win. And it needed a, a masterclass from McManus. He ended yeah. up kicking yeah. nine points. Yeah. Now one from play. But to give McManus eight frees, like eight. That like kept that him the game. Does First half. They probably gave him score seven, six or seven scoreable frees, and then that one on the 45 that he sent begging home for. That was a sensational kick, but don't give McManus the chance to do that. You know, yeah. it was their main source of scores for a lot of the game. It keeps McManus in the game, but it kept Monaghan in the game. 100%. Like Tyrone were, I was hugely, hugely impressed with Tyrone in the first half. The matchups again, like Hampsey eats McCarran, McCarran's taken off. I was surprised to put McNamee on McManus, but he's doing okay. And to be fair, McManus, he gets an exceptional point from play. He's going to clear No one's essence. stopping that. Yeah, if he has the ball in his hands in that regard, there's not a whole pile you can do. And Tyrone were just completely controlling the game in that regard. So it was just, 
for them to, to take their foot off the gas. And it's, like they're not an inexperienced team. No. Like, like they're kind of an okay, he's, he's 22. He strikes me as a very, very smart player. He might get, for him to lose his shape, coming back, looking to get on the ball. That's up to someone like McCurry or Matty Donnelly. Just get back up there. We need, you're, you're doing more damage coming back. You're just inviting pressure on and monitoring our team. Like, like if you look at the second half, Carl O'Connell, Conor McCarthy. Like it really, they've been around a long time, but their game is bursting forward. And Tyrone were just inviting that on. And for them to for them to not regain control of that game, I, I, I think that's the biggest thing for them. To, they had the game won, really. Like, well, yeah. Benny Corey made a big call in the 34th minute. He took off one of his debutantes. And maybe it wasn't that big to, a call. Did, yeah, yeah. To, to be fair. Like, like Thomas McPhillips, and let's say it, Ryan O'Toole were getting the run around in the first half. They actually both switched they started on, one started on Canavan, one started on McCurry and they switched because I think Tyrone won eight from 110 from their full forward line in the first half. They bring on Shane Carey, a vastly experienced footballer from Scottstown. They move another Scottstown man back to wing back, Conor McCarthy, who is naturally a centre forward, but has actually played a lot of football on wing back this year. Why did that move for McCarthy work so well? Because McCarthy did not get a sniff in the first half no, and he had his pause, he had his pause over five or six points in the second half between freeze and points that he kicked. Well, I suppose they were. He, he likes. He probably likes coming from it from a different position. There's a huge difference between playing with your back to goal and playing with your facing goals. goals. Yeah. Like he's he's getting the ball, he's carrying it. But that's what I thought was was strange from Tyrone that they didn't have any kind of a a blockage in that at all. Like Carol O'Connell and both wing backs were able to literally power all the way up the field into scoring positions. Yeah. So as much as it was a great tactical decision to switch him. It was just the way the game was. It allowed for, for the ball to be carried such long distances. I remember, who was it that carried the ball? Do you remember from McCurry's free at the very end um, when he's pushed in the back? Kind of a half yeah, and soft enough. Soft enough, yeah. I think it was, was it Kennedy carried the ball at that stage from the wing back spot? Just a three-quarter pace run all the way up to the twenty-one. And not a hand put on him. So on, on either side. Back to the old game, Jimmy, we were talking about last week. Me and you could still be playing wing back. It's beautiful back there. Like. Just give <laughs> you the is. ball and let you run up. Like. But like the, you'd, you'd almost say that against the Tyrone and the Manhattan, that's the one thing that you wouldn't be allowed to do. So yeah. it kind of went against the grain. That The game just panned up completely differently to what you thought it would. Yeah. Well, let's just linger then on, the, I suppose, the game and Saturday, Paddy, and don't give out before we get into it. But Derry for Mana is a fairly routine win for Derry in the end. Shea Cullen obviously buries two goals, but Fermanagh didn't really ever lay a paw on Derry, even from the first four minutes. Derry raced into a five-point lead. One of the interesting things there was Fermanagh's setup. They went man-to-man on Derry and that just did not work. And you could already see it when Oren Lynch, the goalkeeper, slots over his first point from play. They were going man-to-man. They were staying with the fellas. The Derry lads were pulling them out of the way. And it was just freeing up the space for Derry to punch holes in that. You, like it was spectacularly naive from Fermanagh. Um, and like in a way, you can say it's admirable trying to go man to man and pushing up all over the pitch on Derry. But the danger of that is if someone breaks the line, then it's basically a house of cards. And Which we saw, yeah. Every single attack, Derry were just breaking the line. It was like, and they didn't change it. They're going long on their kickouts. They're being wiped on that as well. It was like, please change this. This is not working at all. And by the middle of the first half, the game was over. You know, McGuigan gets the goal. Uh, there you get their second goal as well. Again, just breaking through the line and all of a sudden they're clean through and goal. It was just very, very passive. 
defence. Once once a guy went through, they were just clean through. So it was efficient from Derry, to be fair to them. Um, a lovely bounce back for them. A good game for them to get after mm-hmm. the National League and the disappointment of that final performance against Dublin. We, we kind of teed it up last week. Um, it would be a good game for them to get and it turned out that way. So Derry wouldn't have learned a whole pile from that. We didn't see a whole pile of new stuff from Derry. Their forward rotation, their conditioning, all that type of stuff that we we seen through the league, which was impressive. They just brought that again for a minute. Their setup didn't help them at all, um, but it was a bit of a non-event. And that's the I, I, that's the worry of these provincial championship games. As good as Sunday was in Oma, you're going to get some of these games. There's a lot of provincial championship games. Yeah, uh, less championship games this weekend. There are going to be some of these games where it's a bit it's a bit dour. So yeah, like, Derry, like Paul, Cass- Paul Cassidy's goal was the epitome of what was wrong with Fermanagh's setup. Once he goes by, he's clean thrown goal. So not a whole point learned. Uh, who had a worse days, you reckon? The Fermanagh groundsman who just relayed that pitch or Fermanagh as a team? Was there a concert done before or something? Was there? Uh, <laughs> Brewster's Park yeah. has only been redeveloped, lads. We'll, we'll give them a couple of weeks. Oh, now. Oh, the Derry pitch was spectacular. <laughs> Derry. Did you go to college with the fellow who did the pitch or what? Come <laughs> <laughs> oh, on, is your uh, mate? Like, I just don't want to be singing about it. I couldn't believe what I see it. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree that that game was once once the goal goes in in the first half from McGuigan, like you're thinking, oh, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. But the one thing that I would say that Derry kind of threw at it a bit different was the full court press where they brought Oren Lynch completely up, marking someone. And he's decent in the air, in fairness to him. So I think that's something they tried. Now, it did create a couple of goal chances for Fermanagh from long range. Because they, if if you get a more accurate player who, who catches a mark or who wins a break and gets a free, there is a long shot on for a goal there. And like, we saw Cobra only last year. one of them to go in. Yeah, one of those go in and you're spooked forever. Never mind just that game. So it's a dangerous play. It'd be interesting to see how it, how it pans out. But last week we saw Mayo turn down a couple of those chances. Mm. I'd love to see a long range goal going. Shit. We see Derry against Monaghan now in the Ulster semi final. Mm. Very, very interesting game. Uh, I believe it's on GA Golf, if I'm not mistaken. But uh... first plug of the year. <laughs> Hashtag Ed. <laughs> Ed content. <laughs> um, but now, uh, Saturday night, Derry for Manor, not a classic. Um, yeah. Move swiftly, the, the, the last one, sorry, last one on this, right? So actually two points. Shane McGuigan looked like a fella who's chasing top scorer in the championship this year. He was going, he was nearly, I'd say, as up for that game as Rory Gallagher was. He scored 2-5, was going for goal every chance he got. Looked, looked <laughs> good. Uh, Derry started eight defenders and their spread of scores were 11. So I don't know if, if that is something we're going to see a bit more from Derry this year. Maybe that's just the options they have at the minute. You can't, Jay, like you can't that was, for a man or off, you can't read too much into that game. Yeah, okay. Genuinely. In the, in the grand scheme of things, like there you're talking about competing for all Ireland's. That game is... Uh, you're not learning much from that. For Mana, we're awful. How, like, it, okay. It, it led us into the, the difference. The difference is stark. Between yeah. one... Between one... For Mana, we're for two. Division two. Between one and three is huge difference. Between one and four is a buy. Yeah, I mean it's as simple as that. Like you can you can you can tiptoe around it. There's no point in playing Division One against Division Four or Division One against. Now, in fairness, if Fermanagh, Fermanagh promoted, he went up. I know they went up to two. Like. I know it just proves like that when you get used to playing that standard, you can't raise it. That was my point about Dublin as well this year. And it's different with them, obviously. 
because they're so talented. You think Leash are going to beat Dublin to, on Sunday? But when you get used to playing at that lower level, it's hard to just raise it for a championship match like that. But, hard to do it. Can but I ask you, you, is that why? Or Antrim are in Division 3 and stay in Division 3 under Andy McEntee and they play Armagh who are obviously on a low with injuries and Armagh just absolutely swapped them aside like it is. That's the danger of the provincial championship. That's why these systems, this entire new championship system has been brought in. Because yeah. they can see it's so flawed. And we do get uh, anomalies like a brilliant game yesterday that kind of saves it. But we can't be given out when we see over the next three weekends through the yeah. rest of the provincial championships. We're probably going to see it in Munster. We're probably going to see it in Leinster in particular. Um, there's going to be these mismatch games. That's we know it's coming. Early of it. Yeah. Um, well, like, we're not going to make too much of Rory Gallagher's exuberant celebrations. It, it seems like it's pointed at somebody in Fermanagh somewhere. But I found it interesting after the game. I was listening to him. He was speaking to to Saturday Sport and RTE, and he said, "We didn't want to get too up for the game today. We just wanted to relax into it." And I just found that a little. I just <laughs> found that a little for funny. Those goals are going in there. Yeah, but I just found that approach like no matter how many times I saw you know, yourself or Johnny Cooper do a pre-match interview before a Division 4 Leinster tied at Dublin facing or He's lying. He's a Kerry. Like, is that true? Do you not want to get too up for those games? No, if anything, if from my experience, if anything, you have to go the other way because the game does not, I know we talked about getting motivated for games a couple of weeks ago, but that game does not, it doesn't get to say the fear of losing into your play. So you have to get it from somewhere else. You have How do you to guard against complacency? Then? If you take, that's I mean, you have to go at it as if it's the biggest game of the year. Barry okay. were not laid back. You are complacent. Okay, no chance. No, they weren't. He's no lying. Chance. He's he's telling Parkies one hundred percent. Okay, he was inside in that dressing room, going <laughs> ballistic before the game. That's anything a manager says everywhere over the next month. It's a lie. Okay, <laughs> so you think we can get away with calling people liars on this pod? Okay, no problem. Um, you are listening. Of salt, should I say? Pinch you are listening to episode fourteen of the Football Pod <laughs> with Paddy Anders and James Dunhu. Might be a good time to remind everyone that uh, we are off to Killarney on Thursday, May the fourth. We're really looking forward to it. We are going to be looking at the All Ireland Round Robin series as a whole that weekend. We'll have the draw two days beforehand, so we'll know who third seeds Mayo and Tyrone will be playing against. We'll know, essentially, who the first and second seeds will be. We won't have the provincial finals yet. There'll be the Connacht and Munster finals that Sunday and the Leinster and Ulster finals are the following Sunday. So we'll be having a live podcast in the Great Southern Hotel. There are still a few tickets available left. So try and uh, get them now while you can. We will be announcing our special guest I'd say next Monday. We might hold off till next Monday to announce them, but we will be announcing our special oh. guests. We had Keith Higgins last year in Castlebar and Michael Meehan in Chemical Croaks for our pre-All Ireland final roadshow last year. So that's it, lads. We're we're looking forward to it. Paddy, have you booked in your golf? Down in I'm going on now next Thursday. I'm spending two weeks down there. <laughs> Lovely. And James you is booked the hotel for me. Have you? Yeah, Three that's all lined up, man. Magic spot. On. And is is I'm on two you know, golf lessons a day for the next. Two weeks. I, I was playing golf a few weeks ago. I will not be playing golf again in public for a long time. Uh, is, Killarney, is Killarney ready for the football pot, James? I think it should be able to. Have the right <laughs> <laughs> it is the best town in Ireland. Like. Yeah, our tickets are selling extremely fast. Like, is that something to do with the fact that this is your homecoming? No, it has absolutely nothing to do with that. Ah, come on. Come on, on James. Sell it. Sell it to me a little bit. Come on. It's you, Tom. 
All the women are just flocking. <laughs> the women across the nation are flocking <laughs> to the Monte Carlo of the Southwest. I'd say it's more of a chance of junior B footballers than that. So <laughs> that is be a good show. Well, It'll be a good show. It is going to be savage. Great yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. This we will this announce. Going to be good. We uh, will be very good. Yeah. If Ella, you've um, battled against and Paddy has battled against and you've played with. So um, it's going to be very good. It's going to be interesting. Be plenty of crack in the night. Lads, we're going to look at next weekend when we come back after the break here. There are 10 championship matches. I know you're both very, very excited. So we'll be back right after these. You're very welcome back to episode 14 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Paddy, what is the biggest lie you've ever told in a pre-match interview as a Dublin footballer? I can't, I can't answer that question on air. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's an off-air comment. Or post-Killarney live show. I can't be delving out to that stuff here. We were always... Uh, we were always very respectful in our media duties. Before and after matches. Rebriefed. I can neither confirm nor deny if we were briefed. <laughs> if you look did, back through some, that period, he did some it bad be, interviews. He did it would be pretty obvious we were briefed. Yes, we were. Some good stuff. James, were you were you allowed out to, to you know to speak your mind before a match? They shut you down after your Facebook hack. <laughs> <laughs> you were never allowed to meet. Well, we, it's Morris had to put you in chains. Like we didn't do much. We didn't do much. I got in trouble right one time. I said, um, it Gooch was coming back from injury or something like that. And the, the interviewer said, Are you looking forward to playing with, with Gooch? Do you think you could interchange between number 11 and number 15 or something like that, or between the full forward and center uh, forward? And I was there. He's teeing you up, Jimmy. I was like, Yeah, love playing with Gooch, whatever. Do you know, if we can rotate, gave some spiel just off the cuff. Obviously, he'd never thought about that or anything. Front or back page of the paper. Oh, gee, we picked up on that now. Yeah, that was a, a dumb plant. Nuts. Yeah, yeah, but what was, was the back? Like, what was the back page? That Gooch is going to be eleven. It was probably they probably hung me out to dry. It was like James on who says that he's going to be sent to forward and Gooch is going to be corner forward. It just made me look <laughs> like an absolute. Don't be blaming like the media. This. You are the media now. You are the media. <laughs> You're a snake but you can be caught. You can You have to be careful. Definitely have to be careful. It depends because you you get burned a couple of times, and then you realise that you're better off being a dub and just saying, "Yeah, they're a good team." <laughs> and they were good teams. They were good teams. Go on, you never said a thing. Go on, Paddy. Give us give us a classic. Come on. No, Paddy. Did you ever do an interview the morning of a big game? The morning. No. Like, no, you know, no, no. Sorry, God. have one. I know it's going to be in the paper. Do you know what I like? Uh, I did our all our media day for for five in a row. I think that was a bad yeah. sign, was it? Yeah, if you're doing that, you know you're fucked. Like I didn't play. Jim was like, "Right, you do the media there for the all Ireland day." And I was like, "Oh, really? Is there no one else around? Cluck, I'm not able to do it." No. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a great photo shoot well, with you in that one. You weren't too happy doing it. Uh, no, we would have done stuff a couple of weeks before the game. Never okay. ended the week. No. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, like, yeah, because I mean, obviously... most teams are like that now. That, like, that's a big. It was gas. Who do we have? Mar- Mark O'Connor last year talking about the AFL lads. Yeah. Like, what a what a breath of what a breath of fresh air the approach of like the guys were doing their own podcasts and stuff, and they were still playing and interviews. The week. It's just brilliant access for fans and supporters. GA is has never 
caught on with that. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Teams, coaches, players are just guarded. Like Jimmy's example there, you don't want to be, you don't want to say anything that's going to annoy your teammates, your coaches, give the opposition any sort of a dig out. Um, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but when you're in it, when you're in the team and you're in the group, it's cardinal sin. Because it's the direction last week to poor old Sean Quigley up in Fermanagh and everyone's saying, because he did a podcast that he wasn't, that's why he wasn't picked. He was injured, obviously. No, did the hammer. But isn't that like, that's, even if that's Todd, I'm going, geez, he must be dropped because he did a podcast. That's such a GAA thing. Yeah. You know mm. what I mean? That mentality. And it's not, in terms of now we're on the other side and we're, we're promoting the games in the media and things like that as well. You do, of course you want to see more access and things like that. And you want yeah. to hear honest interviews with players because there is amazing characters and great lads around, but you're just not going to, you're not going to see it. That's, and I well, hold my hands up, our Dublin team, we were probably front and centre for, for why that is. But uh, that was our attitude towards it. It was just... But Liam, you know, Liam Hayes, obviously... Game. Liam Hayes obviously was, you know, a sports journalist when he was Different time though, too, in football. Back, back in the early 90s. But like, he used to write a piece, he used to write about Cork footballers or the Kerry footballers and you'd have people coming up to him saying, He's how could you say that? that day. Yeah, how could you say that about <laughs> them fellas? And he said, he'd be able to list off what he said about his own teammates in the paper and say, I have to have them to the same standards. And he'd often write stuff about Sean Boylan, a feature piece maybe in the build-up to a big game. <laughs> and he'd say to Shawnee, a trainer on Thursday, listen, this going out on Sunday, do you want me to run out and buy it? And Shawnee'd say, listen, Liam, I trust you. Whatever you're doing, you're doing, work away. So he, you know, it, it depends. Like, and I, I know some, times, T. some people will tell me now, there's been some great, you know, Sunday spreads, the day of an All-Ireland final and, you know, big players doing interviews the day yeah, over. But the, those interviews would have been done of course they would have. And they of course. Them for the final. Yeah, like, yeah, of course is it, is it, Who went to Wrexham? Is it Ben Is it ben Foster who does Foster, that? Foster, yeah. He's the going GoPro from the match. <laughs> yeah, Magic yeah. stuff. I was watching Soccer AM Saturday stuff. morning. I was watching Soccer AM Saturday morning, which is being cancelled, by the way. Absolute joke. Yeah, I was watching Soccer AM. When have you last watched Soccer AM? Do you actually watch it? Tim Lovejoy's still doing it. But Jimmy Bullard and your man rang Ben Foster. And Foster goes, oh, yeah. I'm just eating my pre-match meal here. We're playing Barnet in, a, in an hour and a half or something. I'm just eating a chicken sandwich. And he did a full interview an hour and a half before the game. But, but lads, do you know what? If you watch... Do you not want a bit more of that, no? Oh, as, a, as a fan? Yeah, of course you do. But look look at the reaction to McElroy doing that interview in the Masters. I was loving it. I was like, this is... He's literally just duffed a chip and he's talking about it live on air. But he got absolutely eviscerated for doing that. Like, mm. oh, he should be focused on the game. And I go, yeah, if I was playing, he probably should be. But as a supporter, I was like, yeah, give me more of that. Yeah. Come back to me when he treble bogeys the next one as well. Like, I'd love to hear from him. He shouldn't be doing it as a, in terms of high performance and focus and things like that. But as, a, as yeah. a product to watch for the media, for fans. Yeah, you want more of that. Yeah. You should mic up the lads. I know. We Could you imagine the McManus begging conversation there when begging who's probably missed two forty five is coming up, but it's in his range. Yeah, back and in you, your goal, Rory. I've you know. got this. <laughs> Him and uh, McManus and Conkle Patrick have a little giggle after that. Imagine hearing that stuff. That's what yeah. as a fan, yeah. Of course you want to, but it's not gonna happen in GA. Of all yeah. sports, GA will be the last to bring that type of stuff. I don't know. We might get close with and back in the day you used to have journalists getting into the dressing room after the games and doing their interviews in there. Oh. There may be a day it gets back to that. It's obviously gone very guarded. And like we mentioned it earlier, Steer has taken grip in the GA. Sean Quigley spoke about it as well. Um, you know, boys are afraid on the Monday 
it'll be put up or on the Tuesday video session it'll be put up why didn't you do that or why did you take that pass so yeah I also think that the players don't realise how much now this is from my point of view you almost don't realise how much interest there is in the small details when you're involved because you're so sheltered like there's nothing you're just completely focused on the next training session next training session you're blocking everything out but there's so many conversations happening about every little yeah. detail about your camp. And mm. I, I'm having those conversations now every day at work and every day with the boys, <laughs> whereas I would have completely. Really? You know, you know, did you just block it out or did you actually have no idea? Those conversations okay. probably make you uncomfortable anyway, because you're either talking about yourself or talking about one of your buddies. Yeah, yeah. And someone will say, well, Paddy Andrew said this or James Andrew said that. So they'll carry what you say, but... Like I, I definitely didn't realize how much interest there was in every small detail until like I was out of there. And did you ever feel media pressure in your career? No. In, did you in ever what? feel the heat? Like, do you ever feel the heat after doing an interview? Or I suppose that's the smartest example you give there, where the Gucci example you give there. Did you ever feel that? No. No. Yeah, Paddy, did you ever feel I that? Never, no? I would have never read a paper. Jack O'Connor said, "Don't ever read a paper. It softens your head." And if you think like it, it's true, it turn it turns your mind to mush. Like you're you're kind of thinking, why did he say that, or what did he mean by that, or does he rate him higher than me? Like it 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 opens up something that you do not want opened. Like you the only have to be thing intercounty so, players should be looking at or listening to is the football part. Absolutely fair, but and just saying that, like you saying, Jack O'Connor says, don't read the papers. Players read the papers. Like Kieran Donaghy read Joe Brodie's piece back in 2014. No, I told him that on the did, morning of the other. Did you? Did you? I swear to God. We were going <laughs> down We were going down for the pre-match meal. And I said, did you hear what Bradley said? Bradley said, said, you're shy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just to get him going. Donnie, he was like that though. Donnie, he loved to be poked like. He did, yeah. yeah he loved that adversity like. That was his baby. But if you weren't sure just leaving him be like, don't wind yeah. him up like. But if you weren't sure about something, you said it to Donnie, he'd spin it positively for you like. You really? Know? Yeah. Do you know if somebody said something about you... He's great at stuff now. Huh? Well, no matter what it was, he'd spin it and he'd he'd, he'd make it. So you, you'd get like a, it. you'd get a three out of ten in the player ratings, and Danny would come in and go, oh, "You are tough class out there." Yeah, <laughs> you don't see all the work you're doing off the ball. Oh, your runs, creating space. Is that a mentality monster? <laughs> that was the best space. You're creating more space, Jimmy. <laughs> Keep running. <laughs> Danny after scoring two six. Yeah. <laughs> just great, yeah, out just keep wing. kicking it in. It out doesn't matter wing. if you get three out of ten. Just keep putting it in high. Now, the media, it was total <laughs> avoidance on our side, genuinely. Yeah, it yeah, probably... You're in, you're in a bubble, yeah, you stay away from everything. But it's not good, it's not the not best for, you, for the game. No, it's not the best for the game. I think you can make more out of players' personalities, more conversations to be had if you expose them a bit more. Everyone Definitely. thought you were a boring bastard, Jimmy, when you played. Look at you now, like... That's it, like... I, I don't <laughs> hit myself well. <laughs> Was I the only call you got when you retired? What's that? Was I the only call you got when you retired? To do a bit of media work, is it? Yeah. No, nah, they were uh, queuing up for Jimmy. Well, it was a long time ago now. <laughs> I was the first I was the first one in anyway. I knew. I, I knew you were saying it to me, Jimmy, and I was like, I don't know about that fella. <laughs> I don't know. Try right. and get Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> the terms of engagement this Sunday. In the height. Oh. 
Davy Burke's first comment against Porrick Joyce's Galway. How do we see this one going? Mm. The, the element of surprise that the Rossies had going to Castle Bar is well and truly gone. Um, there's massive confidence from that win. The manner of that win, they went and, I suppose you could say, they nearly bullied Mayo in that game. That's a team who control the game completely. Do they go with the same approach against Galway? Galway will be expecting this. Galway will have their prep done and have they'll have a response to if the Rossies keep the ball for three or four minutes, will be push up, will be sit off. I think pushing up is a big uh, opportunity for Galway. I think they'll have learned lessons from Mayo pushing up on the kickouts, but then dropping off and letting the Rossies have it and dictate the, t- uh, the terms of the game. Um, interesting to see Galway's bounce back. They were a disappointing performance in the league final from them. They've had a couple of weeks prep. Like I say, they're coming in with their eyes wide open to the challenge Ross Cameron are going to bring. Um, Comer's going to be a little bit fitter. Can they get Killian McDade back? Will we see him at the weekend? Mm. I think we said there's going to be some mismatches in provincial championship games, particularly this weekend. But Ross Cameron and Galway over in the Hyde Park is not going to be one of them. Uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll be at it. James, what are you looking at for this game? What are you expecting? I'm expecting a good game, but I think that Galway, I think Galway will have a lot of work done since the league final. Mm. I think that they'll have sharpened up a lot. And unlike Mayo, I think they'll have got a little bit of a kick up the arse, which you need sometimes just to refocus them. Um, they won't be going in thinking they're going to win. They'll be going in completely level-headed. Focused, yeah. a massive game. I think that they'll be in a good headspace. And they'll have got an extra couple of weeks into Comer. I think if Mayo had, or if Galway had Comer on from the start in the league final, I think it probably would have given them the structure and the focal point up front. I think they would have won that game. Um, so I think they're having him a little bit fitter. Another couple of weeks into Shane Walsh uh, in among the group, hopefully he kicks all the frees off his right from, <laughs> from, from the middle. I, tell, uh, I hope he wasn't listening to the football pod, Jimmy. You slating him there in the last couple I of never weeks. Said, I never said, I would never say <laughs> But he should he should take like he did in the in the Connex series last year where he kicked um, a couple of great scores with his right from yeah. the, the right hand side. Yeah. Um and what McDade, the sooner they get McDade better, obviously. He's so like, important, isn't he? He's, he's so, so important. Such yeah. an engine. No, they have they're very strong around that area, but McDade's different gravy. Like, McDade's probably in the top five players in the country when he's when he's at it. Um so he's gonna be a huge addition as well whenever he's back. I think the goal will have the right mentality. I think that Keanu and, and Joyce will have done a lot of work with him. Yeah. And I think that they'll be well prepped for Roscommon. I like Galway, lads. I like the style of play they have, the journey they're on as a team, the group they have. Losing Malloy and Silk is damaging at the back, most certainly. But the addition of Peter Cook, guys like that. Cook's I think they're I, I think they've improved again, even though the league they didn't get the silver at the end. There's glimpses what I see from Galway. Um I like the trajectory they're on. Um, I'd be interested to see them in the first championship game of the weekend. Do you know the big the- thing I'd say, what, what I'd want to see, uh, Finnerty, Matty Tierney, Conroy, they're big players who didn't really perform in the league final. Mayo did a number on them. And the Rossi's mm. are going to have a plan for those guys as well. I want to see, I want to see Matty Tierney go out and dominate that game. Yeah. Deal, with the, deal with the attention he's going to get because he's going to get it in every championship game he plays. But there's a serious player in there, and I want to start seeing him. We've seen Derek Hanavan arrive to the championship yesterday. 
I, I want to see that from the guys like Finnerty and Tierney at the weekend as well from Galway's perspective. Yeah, do Mon- do, sorry, do Roscommon approach that game the same way they did defensively against Mayo? Yeah. I do you think, think so? And they'll definitely go at it the same way. Definitely. And if you think back to what we're saying, the, the terms of engagement, Galway are unbelievable game managers. Yeah, yeah, they are. Freeze. Walsh will put it down. He'll pick it up again. He'll put it back down. He'll <laughs> test the grass. Like, they will be very cute. So they'll, Roscommon, those tricks or those kind of plays won't work as well against Galway, I don't think. Mm. But from the player that I'm looking forward to seeing is whoever plays 13 for Galway. I presume it's going to be Finnerty. They need that player to chip in and chip in heavily for scores because going forward, you can't keep relying on, on Comer and Walsh. It has to be spread around, spread responsibility to kick scores, especially from play. Okay. Uh, the spread in that game is two points at the moment. So go away. Go away. Go away favourites. Go away favourites, yeah. So. Similar spread for Armagh Cavan, which, is that surprising? That Cavan, Division 3, well, well, champions, two-point spread? That game, that game I'm telling you. I, that game, let me just check here. That game is on, that game is on GA Go. Ah, ad number two. Thank you. Are you covering? Are you covering a particular match just again? Jesus, that is going to be some game. Oh, you're at it, are you? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go up and do a bit of work at it. Yeah. Will you be at the game? Yeah, looking forward to it. You'll be at the game. Yeah, it's gonna be an absolute. <laughs> who's, who's, who's at the game with you? Uh, myself, Michael Murphy, the Michael Richards of GAA. He's on every platform. Fair play to him. And Mark O'Shea, I think. Okay. We're supposed to chat with Mark O'Shea, actually. Yeah, okay, that'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> so, you boys will be in the Athletic Grounds for that. It's not in Breffney Park, no? Yeah, it's in Breffney Park. Yeah, it's in Breffney <laughs> Park. Okay. Breffney Park, 6.30pm, live on Diego, Cavan against Armagh. Do we see an upset here? We spoke about the gap between... Yeah, that's the div- worry with this one. Division 3 in Fermanagh and Division 1 in Derry. And once again, we have Division 3 in Cavan and obviously Armagh are coming down from Division 1 um, like can we see an upset here this weekend like bear in mind Kieran McGinney's record in Ulster so poor in the Ulster Championship which just hasn't been good as Armagh but, manager like, the interesting thing we, we see if Reno O'Neill is back the yes he has he is critical to that Armagh team we didn't expect him to have any trouble in dispatch with Antrim and they didn't uh Turbert is back kicking scores. I think he's a crucial player. He's a good foil to have for Reno Neal. Will it be too soon for him to come back? It's a dangerous game for Armagh going to Breffney Park. Cavan were, they were the best team in Division 3. Um, but the worry is that it was a significant gap. We've seen that over the first couple of weekends, the difference between the top tier and the lower divisions. Cavan will fancy their chances in this game, Matt. No, no two ways about it. Armagh's record is so poor in the Ulster Championship. Their year to date has been so stop start, ultimately getting relegated and they've got injuries. So if you're a Cavan supporter, the likes, Paddy Lynch, Garon McKernan, these guys, they are they're licking their lips for this game. But I oh, it will be it would be a big surprise if they did take out Armagh, I have to say. Even yeah. with all the, the issues Armagh are having at the minute. The one thing that we saw the last day, um, well, two things we saw, we saw Shane McPartland and Ben Creeley come back into the midfield for Armagh. That was a problem position for them for the last couple of weeks. They've had a lot of injuries. They also We also saw Connor Turbot come in and he definitely would have got confidence from 
the points he kicked. He kicked eight he's points overall. He's playing all the time. He's a he scorer. Be. He's an out-and-out out scorer. For he's been used as an player. impact sub. Yeah. In terms of Cavan, their most important position, looking at it from the outside, is going to be that half-back line of Jared Smith, who was one of the best players in the Tatchin Cup last year. Darren McVitie. He didn't. He let... Yeah, exactly. We got a lot of grief for that. Uh, Darren McVitie, who's back from travelling, and Kieran Holler-Brady, who was so important in that 2020 provincial win that year. So he missed a good chunk of the last 18 months through injury as well. They are missing, though, James, one of your favourite footballers, Thomas Galligan. He, he's gone yeah. travelling. So he's gone um, travelling. Great season last year. Very harsh right card in the in the Tatum final. Oh, that all was harsh, Jimmy. No, it was yeah, it was he a nearly killed someone, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't intentional, but he should have got about six months jail time. <laughs> well, well, look at, it, is he? It's hard it's hard to get jail time in this country. Um, I think um I think Armagh are going to be in a good position for this weekend. Yeah. I just have a good feeling about him. A statement performance like. Yeah. I think they need. I think they need it for for everyone. You know, for the county, for the team. I think they need a good performance. I think they've trained hard. As you said, they're getting a lot of bodies back, a lot of defenders back, and if they can get Mernon and Reno O'Neill in around that team again, like even they'll be, if you're they'll looking be from from McGinley, so Armagh would have been going for an Ulster championship. The way the draws panned out for them as well. Yeah, you know, you look at Down and Donegal are on their side. Down are starting to get some sort of confidence back under Conor Laverty. Donegal has been a bit of a basket case. Armagh are looking at the three teams in their side of the draw. They've got to be looking at being in an Ulster final. Um, definitely would have been at the start of the season when this draw was made. It's The wheels have come off a little bit. That's why it's an intriguing one to see see their response to this. Are we going to get the Armagh at their best? The performances we've seen in glimpses in the qualifiers last last year beating Tyrone beating Donegal pushing Galway all the way or is it going to be the kind of Jekyll and Hyde stuff we've seen with them for the last four months of the season um, it's not an easy one going to Breffney Park it'll be full house Cavan are going to fancy it as well but um, you'll have to just tune into GA go <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait I can't wait to see Paddy <laughs> who's kitting you out Paddy who's, who's kitting you out who's kitting you out for GA go Brown Thomas, I think. Sent a lot of emails to Brown Thomas. No one's come back to me. No hoodie, no hoodie, and no hood up. Okay. Be freezing don't cold up there. You won't get away with that in the streaming service. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I think McGee and Donahue would have would have spun the second half of the league well for for the Amalads. Do you know, like relegators. Yeah, like That's a hard spin. Only Donahue could do that, Jimmy. If you heard Turbot interviewed, you've been relegated, but you're flying at last. But if, if you if you heard the interview from Turbot after after the game, <laughs> oh, you've you lost your that. but you are moving well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that, but there's a, that's what management is. You have to manage these kind of ups and downs of the season and try and spin yeah. them your way. Like if you heard Turbot in the interview after the Antrim game, he said how. Close they were to a lot of the top teams in Division One, and they were. Oh, they only just came out on the wrong side, and otherwise, if you don't spin it like that, you're completely deflated, and you're thinking we're going nowhere here. Give up. So, yeah. I'll give you an example, lads. Right, actually, just reminded me there. I was playing golf in Tralee with Danahy last year. Right, <laughs> we ran. I think it was the twelfth or thirteenth tee box, and I duffed tee shot straight into the into the ocean, into the Atlantic. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And Daddy's just standing there behind me. He's like, some swing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a man. I go, reload, give me another go. I had about a nine on a par three. And he was like, no, you're swinging it well, man. 
Is that what a performance coach does? does? Okay, that's interesting. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Tell them they're great. You'd be surprised um, how players you know, can, can, can concoct a story in his head, like, wrongly, do you know? He could go home. When a fella goes away from training, you don't know what he's thinking. He could be completely beating himself up. He could be blaming himself for something, or he could be saying... It's so true. We're wasting our time here, or... You need strong management, strong leaders, strong personalities in there to get inside your head and repoint you in the right direction. Like that is so important. You see teams spiral out of control. You see teams go like Kevin got relegated three on the spin. And all they needed, all they needed was just redirect their backup two promotions in a row now. Mm-hmm. Like that little Same management that little team. mentality. Make some it, it's funny, like even we would have spoke with a Jimmy, our own playing career. I remember would kick a couple of scores in the game, my focus would always be on one that I missed. Like, like how it missed that and I go home and I'd be watching clips from the Sunday game, rewinding it, what went wrong and you could have had a brilliant game outside of it and it is. Did I hold you back? Uh, no, maybe initially at the start when you're, young, when you're a younger player but then you, you learn how to deal with it and that's, I was interested listening to <laughs> Quigley's interview last week when he was on the podcast speaking about like sports psychologists get a lot of guff and they get a lot of stick from people. But I think if you get a good one, and it's a very saturated market, but if you get a good one, they are worth their weight in gold in terms of, like, like you talk about it, they're low on confidence. A team is low on confidence. Our player is low on confidence. They're second guessing themselves. You look at someone like, like Colin McShane, for example, there's a brilliant player, but for some reason, coming back from injury, it's not happening for him. You see it in so many teams, so many sports, having a chat with someone. And just bringing the positive back into your game gives you that bit of confidence. You relax a bit more when you're playing. I, I think it's crucially, crucially important. In elite sport, having that, and I know we're, we're kind of laughing about someone like Donny as well, but guys like that in your dressing room are, are crucial. Who yeah. did it for you? Team, our, our coaches, our players, we, we, we would have been big on it. Like that, We're talking about trying to control the game and not lose momentum. We would have been massive on the mental side of performing in big, big games, not losing control of the games, not just performing. What does it take for you as an individual or your team to perform and really, really going big on that? Like we, we didn't just rock up. We won all our finals by so many times by a point or games we shouldn't have won against Mayo and we managed to just just keep control and pull it out of the bag. You look at Kerry's win last, last year in the final 10 minutes down the stretch against Galway, they outscored him. They control the last 10 minutes of the game. And that's in an unbelievably high-pressure situation. Not with someone like Sean O'Shea kicking that free against Dublin. Mm. That is, that's a guy being locked in, performing. That's, that's sports psychology. They're, they're conversations you have to have the confidence to back your skills in those situations. It's so, so important. And, and it can be as simple as that. Someone, Donny coming off the turbot and going, phenomenal. Kicking scores the last, even against the team like Antrim where they're lower quality but the confidence you get from that as well someone like McManus the, the confidence he has built up over 15 years of playing that there's no question when he gets that free and he sends begging back I'm like just go that's a score 100% he's kicking that over the bar it's so important some people might naturally ha- have those skills themselves though would they James that's you what have- I was going to say there like you talk about it getting a sports psychologist in but the top players <sighs> Whether they work on it or not, they have it naturally. Like from my time, and Danny he is the main example because he had a phenomenal mentality, uh, part like himself and towards the team. Like, but 
like fellas like Declan O'Sullivan and Gooch, they tell you this is the way you should be. This is the way you should be thinking now. This is the way that we're going at this. And that's kind of, that's powerful. Then you're kind of following, you're following a leader and you're following a mindset. Like I can see where um, the kind of debate about the sports psychologist comes if they don't have any footballing background. I can see that five or six of the group might go, what the fuck do we have that fella in for? And it, it kind of eats <laughs> away at, at everyone else's opinion on him. But if the psychology is coming from one of your best players, that can be so helpful. Like, or just, you, you said players. it from the, like the basics. Coaches can get caught up in hundreds and thousands of different things. The role of the coach is to help your players perform better. Bottom mm-hmm. line, how do you, whether you're a forwards coach, a backs coach, a skills coach, you're the main manager, selector, whatever way you want to dress it up, your job is to help your players at your disposal perform. And that's physically mentally, tactically, all those things. And for the teams going out this weekend, the championship, or example, Davy Burke sending those Roscommon guys out to put in a brilliant performance against Mayo, that's the role of a coach. You can get caught up in loads of different stuff, but if you're sending the team out and they're low on confidence and they're mm. second-guessing themselves, you're fucked. Basically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, can be, it can be that simple. Yeah. Let's, uh, that, was, that was interesting. Let's just breeze through some of these other games quickly. And we might come back to that another day. Maybe with our special guest at the Roadshow in Clarny, you might get into a bit of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that could be good. Yeah. Um, so Armagh Cavan, the last line I'll give on Armagh Cavan is Cavan are playing for their place in the All-Ireland series. Armagh yep. are guaranteed a spot in the All-Ireland series. The last word on that before we go into that game. And also confirmation, we're going to give the predictions a rest on the football pod until the round robin <laughs> series you know, we, we've been kind of quite a Monaghan last week. Wrong predictions. We've been kind of half doing them, half not doing them in recent weeks. But just scary to be from Anna, to be fair. Chalk that one. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be honest. I a lot has gone on since I mentioned down Donegal, and I kind of put a little circle around down. It was around February when I mentioned it, so a lot has gone on since. So I don't know how much to be said about it. But the spread in that game at the minute down Donegal, Donegal are slight favourites. Spread is one point at the minute. So that game is going to go down to the wire. Your, your top two favourites for the All-Ireland are so down and loud, isn't it? Loud for Leinster, definitely. I don't know if you said All-Ireland. If loud and down make it into the All-Ireland series, come back to me. Um, down, obviously, <laughs> have beaten the All-Ireland Under-20 champions, Tyrone, in the Under-20s uh, quarterfinal. And Monaghan last week in the semi-final. Conor Laverty is over both teams. Laverty and his uh, partner in crime there, Marty Clark on his backroom team, were both on the last down team to beat Donegal back in 2010. Down obviously went on that smash and run to get to the All-Ireland final where they lost to Cork. So that game's on BBC on Sunday at two o'clock. It's going to be an interesting one. It was common sorry, going sorry, guys, you're referring decision. Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> He's rattled there. Are you on about the hand pass? In the rain. You'll never let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let's not let's not quote uh, frozen. Put a the football ball. Uh, Be like frozen and let it go. <laughs> Down Donegal is at two o'clock on the Sunday. Roscommon Galway is at four o'clock on the Sunday. I'll be there for off the ball. Um, we've got four Leinster round robin games as well. We'll come back to them quick fire in a moment. But in Connacht as well, we've Sligo New York. I'll give you one chance for a prediction here. Is there anyone tipping another fairy tale of New York this weekend? It's in Markovic oh, Park. What you did there. See what you did there. In, if in yeah, the fact that I hope we get to go over and record a podcast over there, I'm going to back New York, yeah? I have New York 26 in the power rank. They got a bit of grief for that last week. So we're doing Clarny in May, uh, Manhattan in June. 
That'd be magical. <laughs> it nearly happened last year. We're very close. Well, there you go. We've had a lot of nearlies. We'd want to be having a few deficits. <laughs> We're so close. We're like Mayo. <laughs> that's a that's a dig. That's a dig at me, I fear. Um, so close. Bobby, get it sorted. I go to New York, spread is seven points. So seven. yeah, it's a, it's at home game. Like New York had yeah. looked like they had Sligo down the stretch last year. Sligo pulled away one by four. Um, I think if it was in New York, it'd be a different story, but um it's a game we're keeping an eye on. It'll be very interesting to see how they get on. 17 provincial medals in that starting team for New York that took down Leitrim and three All-Ireland senior medals as well. So there is experience there. Um, in Munster, Kerry and Tip, there's no one really predicting a, an upset here. The spread is 18 points. And in Clare and Limerick, the spread is four. Uh, Clare are favourites here. Limerick bet them on penalties last year in the Munster quarterfinal. Limerick have removed their manager, Ray Dempsey. Mark Fitzgerald has taken over much of the background team has stayed. It's much the same Limerick team. They have a couple of injuries, a couple of key injuries up front as the team that turned over Clare last year. Um, that game is on Saturday evening in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick. So that'll be one of the most interesting games with, with, with the most on the line in a lot of ways on Saturday. And then anything floating your boat, lads, from the weekend? Is there any game you're particularly interested in, James? Anything you're looking forward to? I suppose the one, like, obviously, the Kerry game is going to be interesting to see who Jack O'Connor is actually. Kerry <laughs> <laughs> game is not going to be interesting. Delete that. Delete that. <laughs> I'm not deleting that. It's going to cost you 20 minutes. I'm not deleting that. You're leaving it in. You're giving out about the dubs talking shite. Like, that is farcical. That's staying in. Kerry game is going to be interesting. Go on, you James. Are you are it's going to be interesting. The spread is, is only 18. <laughs> I'm gonna know. Don't let him off the hook, T. Keep it in. Delete, delete. You caught me on the hop there. I was he's like, rumbled, I look at him. He's rattled all. Yeah, you were out yesterday. He's hung over. Look at him. I wasn't. I wasn't. The interesting games, right? To get Jimmy out of this hall is not Kerry and Tip. It's not. Well, it's, it's not Dublin and Leash either. It's the, the Leinster games, genuinely, we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Westmead loud. Uh, Westmead have underperformed to knock it out of Division 3 after the Talta Cup win last year. Um, they'll be looking at a big, big performance against Loud. Loud, where they brought it to the last game against Dublin and Croker. It was a bit flat from them, but they've had a big season under Mickey Hart and he's been building for the last couple of years. That's yeah. an interesting one. Definitely. And it's the I'm battle gonna, for second best. I'll, I'll throw it to you for uh, the Royals against Offaly. Not a slam dunk for Mead. No. Nope. That is a... Uh, and there's a bit of pressure there. Is there, is there pressure in Mead on Colin O'Rourke to win this game? What's the, the chat like there? There has to be massive pressure on him because they're going to be in the Talton. The chances are they're going to be in the Talton unless they win. That's, that's so with, what's it like on the ground? What's it like on the ground in the Royal County? Well, I'm not going to lie. I've only set foot on Mead one day in the last uh, four months. I'm I'm living out west. There is absolutely pressure on Mead. Offaly just about got over the line against Longford. Like Longford had their eyes on, I think, the Talchon Cup. They're away in a warm weather training camp this week. Offaly will fancy their chances against Mead. What are you laughing at? No, carry on, carry on. Do you never get to go in a warm weather training camp? No, Jesus, no. Missing out on all these warm weather training camps. Curtain House has got the option to take the money. (laughs) (laughs) Line the pockets. Yeah, look, Ah. there is definitely pressure in Mead, and the winners of that game obviously go on to play 
Loud and Westmead, who obviously been very vociferous both camps in the last couple of years, that they reckon they're the second best team in Leinster. It'll be hard. It'll be interesting to see what team goes out from Colin O'Rourke at the weekend. Um, obviously had quite of a, a young side, a rookie full back line throughout. Will that be the same full back line? Will Donald Kilgan be back? If Donald Kilgan isn't back, they're in bother. So, Paddy, I'd, I'd be with you in saying that that is a game we're keeping an eye on at the weekend. Um, yeah, it's definitely. It's not on Diego, is it? No, I'll have to go back to you on that. James, last word to you. What yeah, is the game? If me don't win, I, that, that is actually a very interesting game, the me game. But if they don't yeah. win that game, they're in the touch goal. Nightmare, yeah. nightmare year. Like yeah, they've yeah. already had a bad year, but you would always say, whatever happens in the league, we have the championship. If they lose that game, they're banging the Talton Cup. And it's, it's, it's embarrassment, it's humiliation, really, when there was such optimism at the start of the year with Colin Moore. He needs to, however they do it, they but the players, the players need to respond. Well, like it's not just Colin Roark. It's the players who need to respond. It, it's an easy, I, I, I it is an easy one to throw Colin Roark, but it's the players who need to respond as much as anything. I'll, I'll give of course me, it is. Of course it is. But just like the conversation we had, it's it's O'Rourke and the coaching staff's job sure. to get the best out of them. Yeah, and hopefully, from a me perspective, the last month hasn't been a month of disarray, and they've actually got it together. Another game that's going to be interesting, and we've kind of glossed over it, is Calera and Wicklow. Calera in the exact same boat as Mead. And Wicklow are obviously on a high after getting promotion from Division 4. Um, that game is in Cullen Park. That game, isn't it? It's in Cullen Park, yeah. It's a neutral one. Yeah. So, yeah, so James, sorry, I didn't get... What is the game you're most interested in looking at this weekend? The Mead, the Mead game would be my most interesting oh, game. All right, so you're both going Leinster. Jesus, <laughs> Provincials. Be fair, no, no, I love the, like, the biggest game is... Is obviously the Chiefs. obviously Galway Roscommon. Yeah, I know you. Okay. The the rest of the games, they're all right. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing going to absolutely. I'm loving the championship this year. I know. I I am very excited for ten games of football you this weekend. You're in the media now. You're meant to be promoting this. You're not yeah. back in your playing days. Like, yeah, I'm back in Roscommon against Galway to be a cracker. Go back okay, to he's back. We got him Big back. Call. Paddy, last word. The head honcho of Dublin GA announced that, uh, or Dublin GA announced he was stepping down this week. John Costello, yeah. Just a word on yeah. the influence that man has had on football in the capital. Like 30 years he's been involved there. Um, he's been secretary, obviously, for quite a while. I'm going to miss his yearly addresses. I hope we get one last one <laughs> where he has a cut at the rest of the country. Yeah, yeah John Costello, he's obviously been so important. Yeah, massively so. The, the change in how GA is viewed in Dublin is is massive during his tenure um, Dublin weren't really that successful there wasn't really a structure we weren't making the most of our playing population and the kind of vision he had with, with the people around him the strategy he put in place to to make the most not just the football and hurling as well you see hurling driving and underage systems cool obviously winning all Ireland club titles his fingerprints are all over the success of WGA over the past two decades. He's been an absolute cornerstone of it. And we've said it so many times in this pod, when you look at the teams and the counties that are successful, there is alignment between the players, the management team, the underage teams, and the county board. And Bomber was unbelievable for that. It helped that his young lad was on the team as well, because he, he was always... He's just a great fella, great company. You can see, you, you get a glimpse of a sense of humour and stuff in his annual addresses and stuff like that. But what he's done in the background for Dublin GAA has brought it on to where it is today. He's had a massive impact on it, and I'm sure he'll still be around. Obviously, Cormac is, 
is a vital part of the Dublin team as well. So you'll still see him around. But uh, what a servant to Dublin GA, legend. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's a good place to leave the football pod because Paddy's mic is after going down Moore Street again. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> yes. <laughs> whatever is going on. Whatever is going on with the the mic, we'll have to bring that laptop. Down to go halfway through my emotional address to John Costello. <laughs> No, just the last 10 seconds. The last 10 seconds, yeah. So, uh, lads, we need the new equipment. Lads, enjoy the pot. Yeah, we do. New laptops. uh... (laughs) If anyone has a recommendation for Paddy Andrews, he's looking for a new laptop. Um, Lads, enjoyed that this week. Good few laughs along the way. Um, to the live show we have. It's it's two weeks on Thursday. We'll be in the Great Southern Hotel in Killarney. So, Uh, That's another mention and another reminder to get your tickets before they sell out. It'll probably sell out before the end of the week. And we are announcing our special guest very soon. James, I don't know who mind yourself. You too, Tom. Tom, Paddy. Good luck, lads. Thanks, buddy.